Welcome to the panel discussion, The Intersection of CDM and Mobile Security in Government, sponsored by Mobile Iron. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion today. My guests today are Adam Zimet, the Branch Chief Identity Credential and Access Management at the Agriculture Department, Micah Segan, the Associate Deputy CIO for Cybersecurity at the Energy Department, Andrew Leifelt, the CDM Chief Strategist for Mobile Iron, and Stephen Boer, the Senior Lead Engineer for Strategic Innovation Group at Booz Allen Hamilton. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Before we get started, let me set some context for our discussion. The Homeland Security Department no longer talks about the Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation, or CDM, program in terms of phases. After more than six years, the CDM program is now all about capabilities. The next set of capabilities CDM is aiming to provide to agencies over the next 12 to 18 months are focused around four areas, ongoing assessments, network access control, certificate management, and mobile security. For this discussion, we're going to really focus on mobile security and how that fits in with the CDM program. DHS says the goal is to give agencies visibility from their mobile device management systems by sending data to the agency-wide cyber dashboard so they have a greater understanding of their mobile devices and the risks they pose. DHS says initially it wants to focus on visibility of the devices themselves, so if there's a vulnerability on, say, an Android or an iPhone device, agencies will be able to see what risks they're facing. Over the longer term, DHS wants to help agencies with mobile application management so they can ensure agencies have the right protections in place to secure the entire mobile environment. In many ways, these new capabilities will help move agencies from the diagnostics portion of CDM into the mitigation side. Because like with all aspects of security, you can't manage mobile devices if you can't see them. So what will it take for agencies to implement these capabilities and how will the integration of CDM and mobile devices continue to improve cybersecurity? Well, that's what our guests are going to tell us today. Adam Zimet is the Branch Chief Identity Credential and Access Management at the Agriculture Department. Micah Segan is the Associate Deputy CIO for Cybersecurity at the Energy Department. Andrew Leifelt is the CDM Chief Strategist for Mobile Iron. And Steve Boer is the Senior Lead Engineer for the Strategic Innovation Group at Booz Allen. So gentlemen, CDM, it's, it's one of my favorite topics. It's one of those things where I could talk all day just on CDM. But we're going to talk CDM and more. So let me start with Micah. Energy Department has, has been kind of moving along the path of CDM for several years now. You guys had some fits, some starts, some hiccups. What's the latest with CDM? And then we'll get into the mobile side. Sure. So from the beginning, we saw CDM as a critical enabler for allowing us to implement true continuous monitoring across the department and give us really the full visibility for all of our sites. Uh, DOE is very distributed across the, the United States landscape and it's very difficult for us in this truly federated environment to see everything. So CDM is helping us to be able to fill in those blanks, those gaps of visibility. So. Uh, we have definitely found it to be beneficial. It's uh, helping us to acquire tools that we haven't had the resources to acquire previously, and we're seeing the results in our visibility. And we hope that as we move into the mobility side that we'll be able to extend that visibility out to the mobile. And since you bring up mobility, let's just touch upon that real quick. What's the, for energy department and when it comes to mobility, how big of a change is this going to be? I mean, right now, do you have visibility into mobility, and will CDM give you that visibility? What's, give, talk about that integration just briefly. Sure. We have very little visibility for mobile devices. Uh, the first thing that most people do is come in and check their phone. They check their machine, which is more and more a laptop, or in my case, is a tablet. And we don't have the same kind of visibility that we traditionally do for desktops and servers. So our hope is that we can get that same kind of visibility in, from CDM for the mobile devices that we have for the desktops and servers. So Andrew, you just heard Micah kind of describe the, the hope, right? <laughs> Talk maybe from your perspective what some of your federal customers are, are doing, where's the market, where, where, what's the trends you're starting to see? Right, well, what, what I think we're seeing from industry is uh, a lot of the leading industry um, mobile mobility leaders like ourselves uh, are, are looking at new approaches and innovative ways of supporting the ability to uh, I not only identify risk but also mitigate and remediate those risks before they pose a problem to the to the uh, to the workforce or to the enterprise um, so you know from an industry perspective uh, what I what I'm experiencing and what I'm seeing within our customer base in the federal government is a lot of the agencies are struggling with uh, the tool sets, the controls, the policies, and and the ability to show compliance 
to a lot of the security requirements that these mandates are asking the agencies to, to support. Um, so from a mobile device management perspective or a UEM perspective, what's really, uh, I think, innovative, at least from a mobile iron perspective, is now we've integrated our ability to provide an umbrella of mobile threat defense, which in, es in its essence is also a core element of CDM. So in effect, what we've done is transform our UEM platform into a CDM infrastructure that helps identify risks, known, unknown, uh, as well as be able to automate the mitigation and remediation of those risks before they pose a problem to the enterprise. So these are all new developments that are coming to market. And I think as the government and industry collaborates and works together on identifying the gaps uh, to this, these enterprise challenges, um, that we're going to have a full life cycle capability around CDM in the years to come. Do you get a sense that as agencies are, like in Micah's case, that the energy is struggling or at least would like better visibility into the mobile devices. Is, do you, how common of a frame do you hear that from other customers all the time, I imagine? Yeah, it's pretty common. Uh, you know, a lot of the uh, emphasis around mobile device management historically has been you know, understanding whether you uh, can trust the device, uh, can manage the mobile apps on that device, and also be able to confirm the identity of those users that are accessing your enterprise assets. Um, so from a mobile perspective and the visibility of the mobile side of the house, that's traditionally an optics that has been missing in not only the CDM dashboard, but the traditional uh, visibility that the enterprise and, and these systems provide to the government. Now, Adam, let me shift over to you and go back to, to kind of some of the, the, the government side of the, the house. One of the things that, that USDA has always been ahead of other agencies. I remember covering USDA years ago, and you guys were the first one to use two-factor authentication, single sign-on. I remember you guys were one of the first ones to get the HSPD-12 or PIV cards out to your employees much more quickly than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I've always thought of USDA and a couple others as kind of head of the pack. Give me a sense, where does uh, CDM, where are you with CDM today, and where does mobility fit in? The, you know, with CDM, we were also an early adopter, I think, of getting, uh, you know, a lot of the CDM, uh, especially with phase one uh, capabilities in place. Uh, we've completed those implementations for phase one and phase two successfully and are working to transition now into our uh, expansion and continued integration of those capabilities throughout our enterprise. Uh, and we're looking forward to starting the phase three and looking forward to kind of the new format with DHS of, uh, you know, more as is assessment uh, and tailoring of, uh, the, you know, the resulting solutions to what our highest priority needs really are. So it's interesting, phase one completed, phase two pretty well on its way, and now phase three, and that's where the mobility side comes in. It, when I described of the four areas that DHS is really focusing on for mm -hmm. what they call defend, uh, mobility was one of them. Where does that fit in in terms of your vision and what you hope to accomplish? We've had a lot of success so far with our mobility program and establishing an enterprise uh, department department-wide mobility program within USDA and establishing a mobile device management infrastructure, which has given us a lot of ability to see and understand all the devices, uh, all the mobile devices that are connecting uh, and where they are and really be able to manage uh, the security of those devices. So where we're looking now is to go to the next step and to better manage devices and to, or I'm sorry, to better manage applications on the mobile devices and the data and the access uh, associated with the data. And we're looking to phase three to help uh, improve those capabilities throughout USDA. So one of the things about CDM, and, and Steve's going to jump in here from Brazil to really put a finer point on this, is it, it's going to give you more visibility than maybe you had before, where the MDM and, mm -hmm. and some of the other tools were, were helpful. This will, even, this will combine it with the other data, so you can be like, oh, that attack vector is happening because of this, of this mobile application or device versus the last time maybe with MDM it's like okay there's something weird going on I mean it, it, it's I'm use the overused term connecting the dots a little, little, little better right we saw mobile device management as kind of the initial uh, foundation phase uh, and then expanding that to uh, better protecting the applications themselves including the vetting of those uh, applications the activity that those applications are uh, or doing or how those applications are behaving uh, and the governance around those devices as well Excellent. 
Steve, now, Booz is in a great position in many ways because you guys uh, have won at least one, if not two, defend task orders. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is it two? Right. Two. Uh, so that's roughly like 13 or 14 agencies you guys are working. So you get a broad spectrum of where agencies are and how they're working. Talk maybe about what you're seeing currently across the, the, the spectrum of for CDM, and then we'll jump into mobility. First start with the CDM more broadly. Sure. Um, so for CDM as a whole, uh, you know, every agency has its own missions. It's it's a different architecture, different um, methodology of, of implementing their architectures. And uh, we see some agencies have, have moved more into the cloud earlier than other agencies. Uh, we see uh, on, on the mobile side, we see it as well. We see some agencies with well-defined mobile strategies. Some are just dipping their toes into mobile. Some are, have BY, bring your own device models, some have government furnished equipment models, uh, and all of those different methodologies and missions um, are a big challenge for us as integrators to incorporate a, a solution that can, can be somewhat common across all the agencies. So that's uh, that's probably our biggest challenge as an integrator. And, and that's why DHS has changed the, the program so much. I wrote about yeah. this in a couple of weeks ago where they talked, mm-hmm. you know, they used to be really focused on almost this one size fits all. And now they're kind of stepping back and going, right. here's the big highway, just stay, just stay within the guardrails. Right, and that's and that's where that's been our focus of late, especially as we look to expand CDM capabilities into cloud and mobile. Is looking at what agencies have, uh, where gaps may be, and working with those agencies specifically on how to fill those gaps and extend uh, CDM capabilities to cloud and mobile. I was really surprised when you said that some agencies are just dipping their toes in mobile. I feel like we've been talking mobility for for a decade. I mean, uh, I don't know what's what's why are some agencies still in that early stages. I think it has to do with uh, I think it has to do with some agencies and the the sensitivity of the data that they yeah. that they manage and that they that they're willing to extend to mobile devices. Um, some agencies are um, more capable of a field of implementing a bring your own device model, for instance. Or uh, some agencies have uh, certain type certain sensitivity of data that they need to protect on mobile device, and that uh, requires a little bit more control and. Um, over that mobile device, maybe they they have to field their own devices with their own security parameters on it. Adam, you're shaking your head a little bit. You f- you feel you feel the, the 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 push and pull of mobile. Yeah, and for USDA, mobile has been a uh, kind of a really transformable technology as well. Um, we're a very distributed organization. We're a lot of field employees uh, and a lot of field work and a lot of customer facing and citizen facing. Uh, work that we do as well. And mobile's been able to uh, allow us to keep our field employees in the field longer uh, or, you know, more days a week. And it's been able to let us bring our services more directly to citizens and customers, cut down on paperwork, cut down on trips into uh, trips into the office uh, to, to do work and access USDA services. Monica, you're on the other end of the spectrum in some ways at Energy Department where you're still very distributed, but a lot of what energy does is obviously in that classified world or at least very sensitive world. Uh, when, when Are you surprised, as, as Stephen was saying, that, that are you one of those agencies that are just dipping your toes in mobile, generally speaking? So obviously, we've had mobile for years, but we are really just now dipping our toes into how do we get our hands around managing that mobile and securing that mobile. Mobile devices are computers just like computers on our desk. Our smartphones and tablets are smarter than the satellites we put in space, right? And yet they have the least amount of protection. So when we talk about threat vectors, mobile is a huge threat vector. And yet it is one of the last things that cybersecurity has looked at and tried to conquer. So we're really trying to get our hands around that. And as with USDA, we have field employees. We have the power marketing administrations that distribute power to 30 million customers in the United States. We have field technicians out there with mobile phones doing work on their mobile phones. And when that device is insecure and they bring it back or when they're online, that's a huge threat vector for us. So we're really, unfortunately, we are really just dipping our toes into it. And it's a big concern for us. And in many ways, for years, Energy and other agencies, you've had the basics, right? The calendaring, the, the email, but really not the apps. And, and that's the difference now is that, that I think with like a USDA, you, a farmer can go out and gauge their crops and, and put it in an app and send it back to you guys. And that's really where the challenge is with you guys. If, if you're looking at, a, at an energy facility or, or some sort of um, someone's working on a, 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 one of the national labs and wants to pull and, and connect an app to some data, that's where that challenge is now much more real than it was, again, five, ten years ago. 
very correct. It, it's not just reading email, and it is really about taking your computer and all of your data access with you wherever you go so that you can save time and be out in the field and not have to come back to, to the home location. Uh, we As we said with National Labs, we also have a lot of researchers. So there is a huge push for bring your own device. Right, and, and this is what people are comfortable with, and we need these researchers and other employees to be comfortable with what they're using. How do we secure somebody's personal device and still allow them to be able to do their job? That's a that's a huge problem, which we we're hoping that CDN can help us to overcome. But it is a big technology challenge. Andrew, jump in. Yes, yeah, so Mobile Iron, I think, early in saw the challenges to securing not only the device, but also the communication, the Wi-Fi connections, as well as the mobile applications. And what we're seeing uh, as agencies struggle with, again, extending their endpoints to uh, the mobile workforce, is how do you protect against those risks, known and unknown, or zero-day attacks? And so as an innovator in this industry sector, Mobile Iron did something unprecedented. We actually integrated mobile threat defense into our UEM platform. And in essence, what that gave us is now the ability to provide organizations like USDA or Department of Energy or others uh, a complete visibility and optics to not only the status and posture of the device, but also the communications, as well as the security posture and the mobile applications. So I think the hesitancy of agencies to fully embrace mobile and the mobile workforce and, and really understand the paradigm shift from traditional desktop computing architectures to mobile infrastructures uh, can be, I think, benefit significantly from these new innovations and new developments that are happening in our in the cybersecurity industry as well as within the UEM uh, industry. Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back to continue our conversation. You're listening to the panel discussion the intersection of CDM and mobile security and government sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Do you have the right security in place to meet CDM requirements? Mobile Iron's comprehensive security platform makes it easier than ever before. Mobile Iron helps you achieve compliance across all phases of CDM. You can provision a trusted workspace, protect government data and user privacy, block untrusted endpoints and apps, and protect against threats on mobile devices. Do it all with Mobile Iron's proven government-grade security solution. Learn more by downloading their CDM guide at mobileiron.com government. Welcome back. You're listening to the panel discussion, the intersection of CDM and mobile security and government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today, Adam Zimet, the Branch Chief Identity, Credential, and Access Management at the Agriculture Department. Micah Segan, the Associate Deputy CIO for Cybersecurity at the Energy Department. Andrew LaFelt, a CDM Chief Strategist for Mobile Iron. And Stephen Boer, the Lead Mobile Systems Architect for Booz Allen Hamilton's CDM program. Now, gentlemen, before break, we're setting the, the table for what is CDM and, and why mobility is playing such a bigger role in it. And one of the things that, that I think has started, started to kind of emerge, and Micah, lead us off on this, is when it comes to mobility, when it comes to the tablets and it comes to the laptops, and a lot of people don't even think of laptops as mo- mobile devices, but we know you can move with them uh, versus that big desktop. Uh, the threat vector is much different. So talk about what threat vectors you guys maybe are seeing and then why is, is mobile so much different. Sure. So, as I said before, your smartphone, your tablet, these are computers. And so they have the all the traditional threat vectors that we would see with our desktops, but now we have an added component, which is now we take them and we bring them on the train or the metro in the car. And so when we leave the office, we've still got our Wi-Fi on or we have our Bluetooth on. And it's not, so we're introducing these new threat vectors of the, the mobile environment itself, of not being in this protective bubble of the building itself. We take it home, we put it on our home network. What else is on our home network? Our home PC and all the vulnerabilities that are associated with that, or somebody who's on the train who's decided he'd like to hack your phone or your tablet. So we're adding all these additional threat vectors, which are very difficult to see on a mobile device from the building where our server sits that's monitoring all these devices. And it's really easy to intercept those signals in between. So that's really this new added component of threat to mobile. And you didn't even bring up the fact that if you're sitting doing work, I can look over your shoulder and read what you're doing. 
That's very true. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, I thought you were going to go down there next when you talk about the train or the bus or the metro. Well, that's, that's true, because now we're introducing, not classified, but certainly, you know, I don't want them to know the, some of the information that's on my screen. I can just tell you as a reporter, I would never do that. Of course not. No, never, no. never. <laughs> Adam, maybe also talk about, from USA's perspective, the threats are, are, are a little different from maybe the, 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 the more sensitive side of, of energy, but just the same, data, you know, crop data or important data is data. Well, and one of the things I think we've seen is that the tools that people are using and the apps that people are using on the phones is far more personal with mobile devices, meaning uh, it's not always an enterprise prescribed tool that does a certain function. Uh, there's a lot of apps that, that are very useful, that are available in stores, that are readily available, uh, and we see people using those. And what's uh, uh, you know what's different is the governance processes that we had for a traditional desktop computing environment where we're very tightly controlling and vetting applications that are built or deployed onto workstations or we're going through rigorous uh, authorization processes for applications that we're building uh, just don't apply or aren't being done in the mobile space but we're accessing the same enterprise resources and the same enterprise data. So being able to vet those applications, uh, make sure that security is really baked into those applications, not bolted onto them afterward, uh, and that we know that those applications are behaving uh, you know, in an appropriate manner uh, is, is really important. And having our governance processes catch up to that uh, so that we can leverage that to more rapidly authorize the applications for use and, and keep people productive. Mobile app vetting is a great point. I think for years the CIO Council, DHS has looked into it. They have something called the car wash, mm -hmm. and there's still kind of there's still this what I feel like this. If it's not a struggle, it's still very in the, in the early stages of okay, how do we deal with this app vetting thing? Do you guys have a process too, or do you use somebody else's process for app vetting? We're we're building a, a new mobile strategy now <laughs> to to take it to the next step, and we're looking for a CDM. Uh, to really help us out in some of these areas as we start moving beyond uh, just the basic device management. All right, Andrew, Steve, one of you guys jump in here because I think they give you some to-do lists now, right? <laughs> Steve? Yeah, sure. So I, I agree with all of the uh, threat vectors. I think that in general, there's the, the workforce perceives the mobile device differently than they have the laptop. They've accepted the strict governance for years on the laptop, but they... Uh, but they don't understand and don't agree with uh, that governance on the mobile device. And I think that's a big challenge that I that we have as, as we work with agencies. Implementing on mobile is is breaking is uh, applying the same level of security that's seamless to the end user. Agree uh, with the points on on app vetting and uh, the, as as a big threat risk. Uh, it really a, a strong strategy has to include not only, uh, all the way from the development to the deployment of the application, the whole life cycle, the iterative updates, all of that needs to be, especially with custom applications and developed applications, needs to be controlled and uh, that, that security built into the app from the ground up. Um, so I totally agree with all of those points there. Andrew, jump in. Yeah, so I, I as well agree with the threat vectors. They, they are dynamic, they change on a daily basis. Uh, what Mobile Viron's done with our mobile threat defense is address the new vectors that have come up around the device OS being compromised, zero-day attacks like meltdown or stage fright, and our ability to leverage a, a machine learning algorithm on the device now uh, allows us to mitigate that risk before it actually occurs. And the same would be true for you know the Wi-Fi connections or some malfeasance that might be going on within the communication links. We can identify that before it actually causes a a, a risk to the to the communication or to the the individual's device. And the same is true about the app vetting capabilities of industry today. I agree that you know they've done a great job around the initial vetting of the apps and the code level and the development of it. But where there are gaps and challenges, I think, in industry as well as within the government is, what do you do once you put the applications onto a mobile device and you start using it in production? You know, How do you manage the operations and sustainability of those mobile apps and the device throughout its life cycle? So in essence, what we've now done is look at an enterprise architecture that supports the mobile workforce, but we're applying a CDM lifecycle strategy to the management of not only the device, but the security posture of the device, as well as the mobile app. And the most important aspect of this new innovative way of looking at CDM through our platform is we have the automated abilities to mitigate and remediate those risks as they happen. Why do you think agencies 
treat mobile devices differently than laptops or desktops? Is it just a, a in our personal life versus our, our professional life, or what? Well, again, I think a lot of different agencies, depending on their missions and their business use cases, uh, the, the risk of extending the enterprise architecture to a mobile device that isn't managed is too great, mm -hmm. right? So that is a huge hesitancy to support BYOD, let alone the privacy issues and the let policy me, let me issues. Let put a finer point on it, maybe, because yeah. one of the things about it is, and I, and I think, um, as Stephen said, it's easy for me to say, well, it's, my, it's not my desktop, it's, it's Energy's desktop. But if Energy gives me a phone, it's still not my phone, right? It's still Energy's phone. But, but for some reason, it's more personal. Is that the difference? Do I, is it because I, I hold it in my pocket, it's in my purse, I, I carry it home with me, I, you know, Michael calls me in the middle of the night to tell me my server's down, right? I mean, right. is that the difference between a phone where my desktop's always at work, it's kind of cold and, and you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's par partially a cultural thing. Uh, an evolution of how the mobile workforce is starting to leverage these new devices, tablets, and mobile phones. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the challenges of man managing multiple OSs. So uh, between Android and iOS, Windows 10, Mac OS, you know, how do you manage all that in an enterprise with the same optics and cybersecurity compliance that's required from the traditional desktop? And so as these new tools and innovative ways are coming to market, I think agencies are going to have much more of a comfort level on extending more of their applications and their cloud services to the mobile workforce. Micah, Andrew brings up a very interesting point in cloud. I, I've talked to your CIO um, several times over the last couple of months and, and he's brought up this idea of, of this push to the cloud for energy. What does that open up from a threat vector perspective when it comes to mobile devices, the cloud? So we are seeing more and more for mobile devices, we have a limited amount of storage. And so you're, we're putting more and more data in the cloud on mobile devices. And now, so we're adding yet another threat vector into the cloud. So no matter how much we secure the cloud and, and put all kinds of wrappers around it, now we've got to punch a hole into it in order to get data from the device that we already consider, that we're already not monitoring and <laughs> consider a threat vector. And so we're just increasing that, that threat. Mobile devices also introduce, there's a carrier in between, right? I can't monitor AT&T and Verizon. We have to rely upon them. And so now we're going to make this connection into the cloud that I can't see and I can't monitor. And so I can only see the device and I can only see the cloud. And the cloud, we are, as, as Max ever said, we are moving heavily to a cloud-based environment. And so we're putting our data in there, the, the really important stuff. It's cheaper, it's faster, it's better, and now I want to connect a mobile device to it. So that's a huge risk for us, because I don't have that control of that mobile device that I had there, and I'm going to connect it to the keys to the kingdom. Adam, you're in the same boat in, in many ways in terms of USDA is moving a, a big, big push for the cloud through the Centers of Excellence Initiative. And mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm talking to your CIO, Gary Washington, you guys also are getting out of the data center business, I think going from 37 to 2 or something over the next right. 18 months. What, what kind of threat vectors do you see from that will add to the mobile device challenge? Well, you know, we sort of see mobile and cloud almost as kind of two sides of, of a similar coin there and that we're moving beyond the traditional uh, security boundaries, uh, you know, that we've worked so hard for so long to protect. And a lot of those uh, practices and methods just don't apply anymore, either on the cloud side or on the mobile side. Uh, so it, it really requires a different change in thinking in, in how we secure both of those endpoints, the, the data and infrastructure now being in the cloud, and oftentimes the endpoints used to access it, you know, uh, you know being on mobile devices and outside uh, our, our you know, standard network security boundaries. And, and I think the boundary piece is huge, right? We used to talk about the endpoints, and now we don't talk about endpoints anymore, right? It's you, Adam is the endpoint, or Mike is the endpoint, right? Exactly, and the, uh, you know, so moving towards that really requires a more identity-centric, uh, you know, method of, of uh, controlling access, whether that's the cloud resources or, or on the mobile device, uh, and new ways of looking at that. The, you know, traditional PIV cards, don't work, you know, in this case, that's been the, you know, foundation for access, you know, in the government for a long time. So we're looking at derived credentials and other methods uh, to, you know, still provide a strong authentication for a user, uh, but in a way that's more mobile friendly uh, and more, you know, capable and, and seamless on a mobile device. Uh, but it's also looking at context, I think, of uh, users accessing too. So where is the device? When is it accessing? Who is that, you know, who is accessing? Uh, and 
uh, factoring in all those different uh, all those different inputs into an access decision to control something because we can't rely just solely on uh, strong network boundaries anymore. Steven, it's almost like uh, I feel like Adam opened the door for us to walk through together on this because one of the big things that Booz has done, obviously, was is as part of phase, I know we don't call phases anymore of CDM, but part of the next set of capabilities is credential and priv. Right. And that, that credential piece is, is, okay, how do we deal with CDM and credentialing? Can you maybe talk a little bit of where we're at, what you're seeing from your customers around credential and priv as it relates to, obviously, mobility and, and CDM? Right, so we're seeing a, we're seeing a push for uh, new solutions for uh, credential management on mobile devices, uh, uh, looking at derived credential solutions and other single sign-on um, options as well. Uh, multi uh, there, there are new ways to do multi-factor authentication that we're seeing implemented across agencies, and we're even seeing that in our personal lives too with how we access personal email. And so, so we're seeing uh, uh, clients move more in that direction, and we're looking at these challenges now in the context of CDM and how... Um, uh, we we bring that into uh, the CDM world and uh, with these agencies is also, uh, you know, cloud security definitely uh, highlight a point br brought up about uh, the differences in the methodology and how you think about how to secure cloud because you don't own all of the cloud. So you know, there's there's new ways to uh, some cloud providers have built-in solutions to pull data and, and, and implement security, but then you can implement third-party tools as well. So we're balancing all of that and looking at new strategies for how to secure cloud um, infrastructure and, and services as well. So, uh, software as a service presents a particular challenge um, uh, because you own none of the infrastructure at that point. Um, so what, what types of solutions like cloud access security broker solutions could be uh, implemented to secure those clouds? Those are the I think kind of what's on the horizon as we move CDM into uh, into uh, cloud and mobile. And obviously, OMB opened the door several months ago with their draft identity policy that said two-factor authentication can be two-factor authentication. It does not have to be PIV card based. Right. Has that been a bit of a, even though the policy is not finalized yet, but, but has that been helpful for you as, as agencies are asking for help with this idea of, of access management? And maybe it's something Adam for to, to jump into. I think that uh, you know agencies are, are are still assessing options and and moving towards those, uh, looking at what makes the most sense, and we're we're helping some agencies along with that. Um, yeah, but uh, you know I think uh, it's still in practice hasn't been fully implemented yet. And, and Adam, jump in here as well. Yeah, and it's been you know that's going to give us a a big opening to evolve you know those concepts. And for so long it was piv piv. And PIV was, was really the, the only part of the conversation. Um, and PIV is still important, and we see that as still a foundational credential and process, uh, but it isn't going to work in every single use case. And we're looking at, uh, you know, expanding those options and capabilities uh, through, you know, more industry standard uh, options or capabilities as as two-factor authentication becomes more standard in our private lives as well uh, and how we can leverage those those same things uh, you know moving forward and in areas like mobile Micah. so I think the key to two-factor or whatever authentication is to make it seamless to the end user we can't put so much wrapper or security wrap around it that nobody wants to use it because then this is going to become shadow IT they're going to go figure out a way around it Right, so if we can make it easy retinal with your finger scan or something that's very quick, very easy, that people are already used to, right? I mean, everybody sees the little thumbprint on, on the iPhone, right? Or, or fingerprint and retinal scan. I mean, those are things that people are accustomed to. So we need to find those mechanisms and combine them together to, prov to provide a secure mechanism for authentication. And Steve, you were gonna jump in? I was, I was just going to say, this is, uh, we're talking in the context of mobile, but this is coming with the more traditional end endpoint devices as well as the new tablets and the new um, new laptops aren't coming with cat card readers. And that's, so, you know, PIV and is, is, is a little bit legacy. It's starting to become more legacy and, you know, people are not going to want to have a dongle for very much longer onto their on their laptops. So that's going to, we're going to see a push even on the end, on the, the devices. So that single sign-on solution that's just we're talking about for mobile is probably going to move to or, uh, traditional endpoints as well. And, and that's really why the CDM program is, is such an important piece to this because it's yeah. it's not just the tools that come with CDM, but it's that back end, as you said, uh, infrastructure that's going to allow you to, to have more s confidence in the security of those devices. Let's take a quick break and come back. We have a jump into our third segment and talk more security. 
You're listening to the panel discussion, the intersection of CDM and mobile security and government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Do you have the right security in place to meet CDM requirements? Mobile Iron's comprehensive security platform makes it easier than ever before. Mobile Iron helps you achieve compliance across all phases of CDM. You can provision a trusted workspace, protect government data and user privacy, block untrusted endpoints and apps, and protect against threats on mobile devices. Do it all with Mobile Iron's proven government-grade security solution. Learn more by downloading their CDM guide at mobileiron.com government. Welcome back. You're listening to the panel discussion, the intersection of CDM and mobile security and government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Adam Zymet, the Branch Chief for Identity, Credential, and Access Management at the Agriculture Department, Micah Sagan, the Associate Deputy CIO for Cybersecurity at the Energy Department, Andrew LaFelt, a CDM Chief Strategist for Mobile Iron, and Steve Boer, the Lead Mobile System Architect for Booz Allen Hamilton's CDM program. We went through the kind of the security challenges that, that mobile brings, the threat vectors, the cloud challenge, and, and what mobility and CDM can kind of bring to agencies is this new really found data and this data analytics piece. And I think that that's one of the big hopes. So let me start with Micah. You guys have put together a security operations center, really advanced analytics center in many ways. When you guys look at CDM and the potential and, and the current state and the future state, what do you hope for? What are you expecting that CDM will give you along those ideas of, of both data and analytics? So CDM, as well as the sensors that we have around the department, bring huge amounts of data. In fact, so much that we're not really used to. And I could hire a thousand analysts. They can't analyze that much data. So we need some kind of platform that's going to be able to automatically take a look at the incoming data, historical data every time we have new threats, go back and run the analytics across it, and be able to tell us almost preemptively, hey, here's what we're seeing, here's what we expect to see, and that allow that frees up our analyst time, so they're not just looking at raw ones and zeros, right? They can then take that, um, the analysis, and now make that analysis actionable, and go out and try to mitigate what we're seeing, the threats that we're seeing. Uh, in fact, our, we're seeing so much data come in from CDM and our sensors that we have had to go to a, what we call a big data platform. A, uh, the traditional uh, cyber analytics for the uh, data sets, they're small, just are not, uh, a, they cannot expand to the large data sets that we're seeing through CDM. And so uh, we've implemented uh, big data analytics in, in a cloud solution to be able to ingest that. And hopefully at some point we can automate the responses that these that our analysis platform is seeing, and again, free up our analysts to do more mitigation and and actionable uh, targets. It's interesting that that the, the amount of data CDM promised all this data, and boy, did it deliver, right? It did. And, and so, are you able to keep ahead of the data, or, or is it still you still feel a little uh, reactive versus proactive when it comes to understanding what what the potential threats and vulnerabilities are? So we, uh, we were definitely taking this step by step because we know that we could get data overload very fast. And so we're, we're running use cases now, building them very specific to our data sets and ingesting that into our big data platform uh, based upon our use cases so that we can streamline our analytics to exactly what we need. Uh, we're also looking at integrating AI into this for the threats that we just we don't know about yet. Steve, jump in as well because when you guys are working with your customers, or, you know, Booz Allen's multiple defend customers, they, they, they could be potentially having a very similar problem. And then when you add the mo mobile piece to it, it's oh, and now it's even more data coming in. How are you guys? What are you guys seeing from your uh, clients? Yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge ingesting all the data. I think the biggest value though is when you start to correlate the data. So that's what we've worked with some clients on is how to correlate that data. An example on the mobile side is um, when you start to correlate, uh, for instance, location data with um, uh, access data. So if a, a device is accessing from China, it shows it's accessing from China, but it's um, uh, and uh, maybe that's not something you want to have happen, or it. it Looks like it's uh, the device is reporting that it's uh, in the United States, but it's got a Chinese IP address or something like that. Those are those are some of the uh, the power of the analytics that you're that we're, we're going to 
be able to bring to the table once uh, as the data is collected. Uh, when you look at, uh, for instance, uh, maybe a VPN access, a mobile device VPNing into an infrastructure, if you start to see you know, duplicate um, authentication requests coming from two different IP addresses, you can correlate that data much more easily than legacy um, so, uh, security operation centers have been able to correlate using big data analytics and some of the some of the was already talked about. But that's that's really the key is that big data analytics developing those um, uh, correlating the data. And that's the, that's the big challenge that we're working with customers on. And it's also part of uh, um, this identity management thing. If, if Adam always logs in from you know, Bethesda, Maryland, and all of a sudden Adam is logging in from you know, Moscow, Russia, that may be a uh-oh moment for, for the, a red, big red flag that maybe someone at your security operations center could then look at and be like, okay, is Adam on travel? Call Adam's boss and see. Not that you would ever do that, Adam. But. And, and ideally being able to move that to a real-time mitigation step uh, you know, with that data is, is key, and, and key to being able to control those and make those access decisions on the fly. And Andrew, that's where the automation side comes in as well. When we talk about automation, then we also get remediation, and, but also mitigation. So maybe bring that into the discussion, because I think once you have the data, you have the analytics, then you can really do some incredible sure, things. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, as part of uh, being able to pull in all those data points, you, you want to correlate it, like Steve said, and be able to take actionable items. So what's really unique about an, our innovative way of supporting CDM is we're actually now able to create automated actions based on threats and mitigate against them before they happen. So CDM, is the early phases of it, we're all about uh, understanding what's on the network, who's on the network, and what's happening on the network. But the later phases are about how do you mitigate what you see and what you've, your analytics have picked up, and then more importantly, can you really remediate those those findings in an, in an operational setting such that the work productivity doesn't get impacted, right? And uh, I think, the industry tool sets are, are in their fundamental you know, baseline uh, capability sets right now, um, or they're evolving, if I may, that's probably a better term, uh, to the point where I, I believe they will fully mirror the, the core capabilities of CDM for the desktop that we've, that we've been supporting for the past 10 years out of Homeland Security, right? I think the targeted state is to effectively provide situational awareness, optics, and mitigation and remediation of any risk, vulnerabilities, or threats that your workforce May come came up up against on their daily, uh, daily you know day by day uh, um, you know work do you, environment. Do you get a sense that that this is starting to happen? I mean, uh, client wise, customer wise, uh, anything? You I think they see it. I think a lot of the agencies see the targeted state or what they would like to to be able to uh, integrate or be able to evolve into the enterprise to support these areas and these gaps in cybersecurity and threats. Mm -hmm. um, I think industry is trying to catch up with those capabilities and functionalities. And so I think it's really just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, Micah, jump in the, the automation side. The, I mean, you guys, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but the AI is gonna play a big role uh, to help automate some of these analytics, but also, hey, close that port now because we're seeing this bad thing. You can almost automate it. Is that, is that the future as well? Absolutely, that's our hope. And we, being an energy is so distributed as well as other departments are so distributed, if, if we have a tool that is be able to say, oh, this lab over here is seeing the same thing that we're seeing over here at another lab or another site, okay, now we know that there is a distributed targeted attack and we can automatically close those ports, automatically restrict those IP addresses and start doing tracebacks and start forming the intelligence that we need to be able to send up the flag to say, hey, we actually have a distributed attack. We do it all in an automated fashion. Like again, it doesn't matter how many analysts I hire, I don't have enough to do that at, at the speed of light that we need to do. Um, what's great is if it's implemented correctly, this not only helps to improve security, but can also help improve the user and the client experience uh, as well, which is you know really essential and really almost just expected uh, when it comes to mobile and, and mobile experiences. Um, if we can do these things automatically, uh, we can not just make a risk determination as we've done historically on where's the data and what's the risk, risk level of the data that's being accessed, but also factor in who's accessing it and when and where. And if you know, someone is in a low risk situation, maybe we don't need to prompt them for quite as rigorous of a 
you know, authentication steps and credentials and, and hoops that they've got to jump through. But if someone's in a high risk situation, then we can we can step that up a little bit. Um, so it, it really goes to not just improving the security, it, it helps that experience as well. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. Uh, Michael, did you want to jump in? And I think this is where AI or machine learning can help us because these are kind of squishy ideas, right? This is not something that is easy to write a long, uh, you know, analytic string for to say if then else, right? That's not, that's really hard to do in those kinds of environments where, hey, if the, the risk is a little low, now we can ease up a little bit. And we, we're, our hope is, is that machine intelligence AI can help us to get to that point where we can kind of have that squishy kind of decision making. Adam brings up a very interesting point about the, the customer experience and the client. We've talked a lot internally, right? We've talked a lot about, you know, kind of securing federal networks, federal systems. But as, as USDA is a prime example, you're doing a lot within USDA to reach out to the, your customers, the farmers, right. the producers, uh, the, the ranchers, and they are now hitting your systems because you're trying to make it self-service for them in many ways. And that is in a whole different side of authentication that CDM can play a role in as well. Maybe, Adam, jump in here a little bit and talk about how you guys have to turn the, the, the page a little bit and look, okay, how do we look at it from the other side perspective too? Because if it's hard for the rancher or the farmer to log in, they're not going to have a good experience either. And, and that could, again, create some shadow IT in some ways. Right. And, you know, it's as we've seen that uh, even that community and the citizen community is increasingly using mobile devices uh, themselves to access government resources. I mean, I, there's metrics that I think over half of all traffic to government websites is actually done from mobile. So when we're making uh, these services available online to citizens, mobile and designing for mobile is is a key aspect of that. Um, the you know the security comes in just just the same though. They're accessing personal information. Uh, you know it's it's things that are still sensitive to that individual. Uh, and we're not going to be controlling the devices uh, you know the way we would with a, a corporate owned or a you know a government owned. Uh, device. So how we factor in that analytics, uh, how we handle authentication uh, and do it in a secure way uh, is, is really important. Andrew, are you starting to get some requests from your customers around, for instance, that, that citizen facing side? Or is, is most things still they're focused on the, from a mobile perspective, are they more focused on the internal uh, I government think both, play? Depending on the agency and their mission, um, these technologies are absolutely helping enable them to provide services in different ways, especially self-service portals or, or, or uh, different applications that, uh, that the citizenships might, uh, citizenship might leverage to access their own personal information, social security information, things like that. Um, in a sense, is the security side, is that, is that discussion happening on the security side too? Or is it, how do we make it easier for Joe Citizen or Mary Citizen to, to get the access to the services they need? Oh yeah, gotta do that security thing too. Versus, oh, all right, if if Micah is talking to his boss about uh, creating a new internal HR app, just as an example, security is probably front and center, just like it would be with most things. I mean, do you guys get a sense? Uh, anybody? And, and that's where that that AI, I think, and analytics and kind of real time decision making to make that process as seamless as it possibly can be uh, is is going to be really important for those those citizen facing use cases. Mm. We're just about out of time. So, so the last piece, I think, of our discussion, I think, is very important, is the workforce themselves. We started to talk maybe a little bit with the citizen side, but the federal workforce, the biggest threat is, is always the, the employee themselves clicking on a link, making a bad decision. And, and I think one thing that CDM will do is, is long, in the long run will kind of help create that better, I'll use the word barrier, and that's maybe not the best word, at least give, give some better hope to, to be able to stop us from being silly or stupid, right? So let me start at the end with Stephen there. Stephen, the workforce piece of this, how does that fit into the CDM mobile discussion? When you guys are having discussions with your clients, where does the workforce piece kind of, what, what kind of discussions are you seeing or having? So I think there's a general understanding that, you know, no matter how much security you layer in, you're never going to fully defend against the insider threat attack. Uh, you can't, but you can mitigate the 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 impact of that threat uh, with the tools that you implement. So uh, it, the analytics that we discussed earlier, uh, implementing uh, sound um, application development practices on mobile devices, uh, implementing mobile threat detection on, uh, on mobile devices so that you know, when a device 
when when a, a workforce when some when a person with a mobile device wants to connect to an untrusted Wi-Fi network, at least that's detected and identified, and they see you can identify that man in the middle attack and um, uh, cut off uh, res access to resources. Uh, seeing also some development of mobile applications that are that that do that themselves. We've seen that in the baking industry some, where they're developing applications that limit your access to certain uh, potentially uh, that, uh, limiting your access to some of your personal data based on where you are and where you connect. So I think implementing that technology and that those uh, and the, those practices in the workforce are going to help mitigate that insider threat. And Adam, from your perspective, you have a lot of people to, to train. <laughs> right. And I think that the the evolution of security awareness training needs to catch up with uh, the, the pace of change in mobile and cloud as well. Uh, you know, we could spend a little bit less time on secure faxing procedures, you know, for example, <laughs> and talk more about Whoa, the secure faxing. <laughs> you know, the uh, <laughs> the impact of using mobile devices as, as an end user and that uh, that kind of gray line oftentimes between government-owned devices and data and personally-owned devices and data and just the impact that that has on on the enterprise from a security level. It, you know, like sense, you know, personnel in sensitive, restricted areas with GPS fitness trackers on. You know, it's, it's a very harmless sort of mistake there, but being more aware of, you know, what mobile mobile devices, uh, you know, as Micah mentioned, they're smarter than satellites sometimes. There's a lot of sensors and a lot of data and a lot of things that they're generating uh, and making sure that people are aware of that and, and what that means so that they can use it responsibly. You, you wait till the last 30 seconds to bring up the IoT issue, aren't, <laughs> didn't you? Andrew. Yeah, no, I think from the modern mobile workforce, you know, the challenges are very dynamic and change on a daily basis. I think the, the effectiveness of a CDM solution as well as a, a mobile threat defense uh, umbrella goes to the heart of being able to provide that comfort level uh, and the security that the end user and the workforce requires to be able to be productive and uh, and address their mission, whether it's out in the field uh, or whether you're telecommuting or whether you're in the office. Mike, you got 10 seconds. You get the last word. What, what's the workforce side of it? So we can't train ourselves out of an insider threat, right? But we can use things like sensors and CDM and analysis and, and AI to help protect our workforce from themselves. Gentlemen, this has been a fascinating conversation. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. So uh, let me first uh, thank my guests. First, you've been listening to the panel discussion, the intersection of CDM and mobile security and government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I've been your host, Jason Miller. Let me thank my guests, Adam Zymet, the Branch Chief for Identity, Credential, and Access Management at the Agriculture Department, Micah Sagan, the Associate Deputy CIO for Cybersecurity at the Energy Department, Andrew LaFelt, the CDM Chief Strategist for Mobile Iron, and Stephen Boer, the Lead Mobile Systems Architect for Booz Allen Hamilton's CDM program. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Mobile Iron. Thank you for listening to the panel discussion, The Intersection of CDM and Mobile Security in Government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.